fellow adventurers. Welcome to a Nat One Life podcast series called Homebrew Heals. Here, my sister Amanda and I will talk about our different journeys we have taken or are still on to resolve our medical issues. From gut issues to skin issues, we have experienced a lot in our 30 years. We do not have any medical backgrounds, but feel we have rolled high enough in our investigation and health checks and want to share our experiences with you. So come along this journey with us and see what we discover together. Journey with us and start to guide your way through this net one night. Today we have Ashley joining us to discuss our gut issues with Loot the Booty. And so, uh, Ashley, uh, what was the main reason that you wanted to talk to us today about this? So, um, I had a, I mean, I had a pretty impactful, like, life-changing situation that was impacted by my gut. Um, And it's pretty unconventional and something that a lot of people um, would be like, well, you can't complain about that. Uh, But it was a, uh, it was, it was a really difficult situation and a lot of people didn't know how to support me through it. Um, and it was because it was so sudden and nobody knew what was going on. And so I think that there may be a lot of people out there that are having similar issues. Um, my gut issues are ultimately like still undiagnosed, but some people might feel a lot less crazy, um, if they're experiencing these same things. So, yeah. And they know they're not alone. Like I'm not alone out there. So what was this big thing? Tell us about it. Well, um, so it was kind of a combination of things. I um, I was working a really stressful job and um, was ultimately going to be losing my job um, because of a department closure and stress was really high. Long story short, I just got to a point where like I was physically sick in my stomach all the time. And the best way that I could describe it is if anybody has ever felt like that pain in the pit of your stomach, that hungry tummy where you're like so hungry or you're like so excited on Christmas morning that like your stomach just aches. Yeah. Yeah. So it felt like that all the time where it was like, I was so hungry that I couldn't eat. Um, and I was, I obviously I wasn't hungry, you know, cause if you're hungry, you right. eat. Uh, but it was just this constant like ache, like I needed to eat, but anything that I ate, It either gave me pretty, I mean, pretty much diarrhea within like the first 20 minutes or I threw it right up. Um, Mm -hmm. And it was just, I was just nauseous all the time. And I would have, you know, a couple hours where I would be fine and then we would be at the grocery store and I would just randomly be like, we have to go home. Like, Mm -hmm. for lack of a better term, like, I'm I'm about to crap my pants. Like, we got to go. To quote the chemo. I just shit my pants right now. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, exactly. And uh, I mean, there were numerous and I, I've always been a person that's I've had a really hard time using public bathrooms. Uh, All through high school, like I would fake sick and go home, you know, like I just wouldn't do it. Um, And so you know, numerous like times from work, I'd have to take my lunch break at like 930 in the morning. Yeah. So I'm like, I got to go home. Um, and that was kind of broken for me. I, I don't know if you well, I'm sure you remember you were my desk mate. When it happened. Yeah. I had E. coli. Um, yeah. And so that kind of broke me of it a, a little bit because it's a little more emergent when you have E. coli. Yeah. 
You're uh, like, I'm not going to shit my pants. I just did. So right. Harding, <laughs> yeah. I never shit my pants. I I wasn't that stubborn. Right. Um, shit my pants. But yeah, so that broke me of it a little bit. But it was still just really uncomfortable. You know, you're always in like pain, and it was like a sharp type pain. Obviously, like when you have diarrhea and you don't go, like that's what it feels like. Yeah. And so progressively, I had found that there were certain foods that even if I wasn't feeling an appetite they were like good enough that I would still be able to eat it and usually it was things that were really salty um Mm -hmm. so like I would do like super salty scrambled eggs with like a piece of toast um and then it was something like the salt obviously like I wanted I wanted to eat it because it's salty and delicious but then it was like that little bit of protein and some carbs And um, (laughs) this is terrible because I know it exasperated the issues. So I'll tell you that I drink coffee every single morning and I'll, I'll get, I know that that made it worse. Coffee made it worse. So, so Sarah and I have this thing and and interrupt you, but her husband says the same similar things like, well, if you wouldn't eat that, it's fucking delicious. I like it. I'm a human. I have a vice. I like coffee. Like, why? It'd be like, oh, I feel great. What do you eat? Cardboard and grass right, nothing. all day long. My body's great, but uh, my will to live is gone. I drink wheatgrass and right. oxygen pellets. Right. Yeah. yeah. My favorite. My oxygen pellets are vegan. So. Right. Yeah. Um, so because of this, obviously, like I wasn't eating a nutritional diet and I lost an alarming amount of weight in an alarming amount of time. Um, it, it came out to be, um, before I like bounced back a little bit, it was like 105 pounds that I had lost over a course of about a year and a half, which to a lot of people seems normal. Um, and to eat healthy and to lose weight. Um, but I wasn't. And so it got to a point where I went from 265 and I hit 220 and I was like, okay, this is great. Yeah. Like I'm 220. This is awesome. And then it just kept dropping and dropping and dropping. And whenever I was, whenever I was a seventh grader in high school, sorry, in middle school, I weighed 185 pounds and I was five foot 10. So Mm -hmm. I was bigger than I am now when I was in seventh grade. Wow. um, when I hit that mark, when I hit 185 and granted I was not a small child, so this isn't like a healthy reference, but <laughs> when I hit 185, I was like, oh my God, like this is, this is alarming. Like you are now the same size that you were when oh, you were sure. thir- 12, 13 years old. Mm-hmm. Like something's not right here. I was a big kid, but, um, so that was whenever I started going to the doctor and whenever I went to the doctor, they weighed me and they were like um are you trying for this and I was like no that's why I'm here right (laughs) what's happening so they did um, a food allergy test to see if I had any allergies and I had suspected that I had an egg intolerance because my mom has always gotten really sick from eggs and um, like some chicken breasts and things like that depending on her so I was like, maybe it's eggs. And that's pretty much all I eat is eggs. So I swapped it up and I went to um, doing, it was toast with avocado and sweet potatoes, which is a little bit more carb-loaded. Yeah. Disgusting. But, mm, my will to live is gone. Yeah, 
yeah. Um, and so then I got to a point where I was like, I mean, I can't even eat breakfast anymore. Like I just yeah. would drink coffee in the morning and that would ultimately suppress my appetite enough that my stomach didn't hurt all day. And then dinner time would come. Did you get comments? And this will go into the mental health stuff too, about how good you looked. Yes. Yeah. Like totally. how fucked up is that? Well, and it was, it was extra difficult for me because bless her heart. My ex-wife tried absolutely everything that she could to be as supportive as she possibly could through all of this. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we, I didn't know what was going on. I constantly felt like shit. I couldn't really do anything. I couldn't be an active partner and I how I was going to shit myself all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, and she was very, 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 well, I mean, is very active in her um you know health and fitness and yeah she teaches classes and all of that stuff like she cares a lot about her like physical well-being and puts forth the effort towards it I've never been that person Mm -hmm. and so she um and she did she like put forth the effort to absolutely transform her body like the difficult way you know like yeah well and working out like so she did all of it the hard is gone there is no joy (laughs) yeah and you know here I am this person that's just dropping pounds while you know fucking smashing Burger King every night oh I didn't even think about that so did it become almost like a jealousy like or not a jealousy but just like this weird tension it was difficult because you know she obviously wanted to be supportive but then I think there's still like a slight aspect and this is like my word I don't want to say like resentment but it was it was very much so like you know she would say some things whenever she would get frustrated where she'd be like you know sometimes I just wish I could be sick and lose weight Mm -hmm. Um, and not you know and not realizing like kind of like you said like when you're so fucking sick all the time like the last thing you want to hear is, well, I wish I could have that, you know? And, and I, oftentimes I would be like, would you tell a cancer patient, like you wish you didn't have to shave your head? Right. Oh man, I wish I I was going through chemo so I didn't have to shave my head every day. No, you wouldn't fucking say that. Right. You wouldn't say like, oh, I wish I could just lose weight like you do. How do you do it? I feel like crap. I'm not eating. I'm basically anorexic because I feel like shit all the time and I'm losing weight because my body is literally eating the fat off my body to stay alive. When I have friends who say that to me now, they're like, I'm underweight, but they still see it as like a great thing because I'm skinny. And they're like, oh God, I just wish I had a body that was like yours where you literally don't have to do anything and you're just naturally (laughs) skinny. I'm like, I feel like crap on a daily basis. And all you got to do is go on that SIBO diet and not eat. There you go. There's yeah. your answer. <laughs> yeah. The hard part about that is, and it was for me anyway, like at 265 pounds, I was an ox. Like I could, I could lift almost anything. And when I lost weight, like my body ate my muscle first. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. That's yeah. what went first. And mm-hmm. yeah. And so it was. It's ex- all that rich protein. Mm, right. Exactly. <laughs> so now I'm what I call like flabby fit. Where I still like, I still have a gut, you know, mm-hmm. but I also have muscle definition, like because right. I'm sure. like, because I'm working out now. But being like skinny, you know, all, everybody always says, "Oh, you're skinny," like it's a compliment. I had a I had a friend once that would get genuinely offended, like if you called her skinny, she's like, "I don't call you fat, don't call me skinny." Yeah, like mm. 
because you was kind of get like so that sometimes. I, I feel like Sarah, because she is, I usually say thin. Yeah. I don't like to say skinny or petite or you know like. But yeah, she's a small framed person, but yeah. she is skinny in a way that's not healthy like right. it's not like i'm saying you look really thin not because i think it's awesome but because i'm worried about right. your health i have a concern well, so, <laughs> yeah. and, um, but it's yeah that's interesting though because there's such a a connotation of positive with skinny in our culture where it's like that could that most unhealthy person like to your point they could have an amazing metabolism yeah and go out and eat Burger King every day and they're going to die at 45 of a heart attack. Like, right. healthy doesn't mean skinny. Right. Right. Exactly. Yeah. And that's exactly that's exactly what it came down to. Mm. Uh, and I, that, I was doing exactly that. I was, I was only able to eat one meal a day. So if I can only eat one meal a day, you better believe it's going to be a 2,500 calorie. Right. Third, right. It's fucking Burger King or Taco mm. Bell or whatever, you know whatever is salty and sounds good that I can stomach. Yeah. Uh, and so when the food allergy tests all came back as inconclusive, like no allergies, they're like, well, you may have some intolerances, but we don't have any way to test that. Okay. <laughs> so then they're like, this well, is such a common theme, yeah, by no, the way, we, same thing with Sarah, yeah, same mm-hmm. thing so far. So then they're like, well, we need to go in. Cause I've had problems with like undiagnosed ulcers. Um, okay. Like, I've always had the issue. Um, so they're like, let's go in. Let's see, you know, if you've got like some ulcers that are flaring up, whatever. So they did a colonoscopy and an ectosc- e- ectoscopy where they like go down. Endoscopy. Your- endoscopy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So they did both of those at the same time. Huh. And it. Um, I like to call it a Chinese finger Yeah, cuff, we call it Chinese way. finger cuffs. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> they're like, they're meeting in the middle yeah. and I'm asleep while it's happening pretty much. Cause we both had the same thing. Yeah. So yeah. And the colonoscopy, the drink was the worst part. Like it's oh. the worst getting like, Did you, were you successful? Did you get through it? Yeah. Oh we, my we couldn't, gosh. we both the, so I've had two, the second time I had it done, they made me drink twice as much solution because it makes me throw up. And I'm like, so I'm like, oh, uh, and they're like, we'll just drink twice as much because we hope that then you will throw up half as much. <laughs> like, so then a whole one will get oh through. Oh, my God. <laughs> but I remember, Sarah, you couldn't make it, could you? No, I don't even think I got through an eighth of the drink. Yeah. Like, yeah. I am so impressed that you were able to down that crap. Like, so, okay, they told me that I could mix in lemonade powder with uh-huh. it. So I did. So I mixed in not pink. It had to be regular lemonade powder. Um, And so then it was like kind of like salty lemonade. You know, it was it was palate like I could drink it. But the problem for me was the volume. Yes. The quantity like my my stomach just hurt. Like Mm -hmm. how do you expect me to drink a gallon of water in 45 minutes, essentially? Like. Right. Room. <laughs> and I haven't been eating, so my stomach's even smaller because I haven't been putting food into it right. on a yeah. regular basis. Yeah. So um, the scope came back with no answers. They basically said everything looks good, everything's fine. But after that, um, the strangest thing happened. I still to this day have these like earth shattering burps. Mm. It happened like I, 
I mean, I'm good about it now, but I've been burping through this entire interview. So it's <laughs> nice. <laughs> Um, it's like the, the flap that like closes off your windpipe to your stomach. I believe that little flap got damaged. Mm. And so whenever I breathe, air slowly seeps into my stomach. Okay. Starts to feel like I've got like a bubble of air trapped at the bottom of my stomach. Yeah. And I'll usually have to like take a deep breath to like fill it up and then it ultimately like lets it out but then it's just this huge like like man it's a yeah. man and um like painful like when it comes out right like the, that's what I'm wondering is it painful it's not no it's not painful for me it's just loud and alarming and gross you know like sure um and so you know obviously like I live with two roommates and so they're used to it now which bless their heart one of them okay one of them is like super grossed out by burps mm-hmm. like, it's super gross especially like burps and then you blow it you know oh I mean? yeah yeah so like blowing burps like really sicks her out well obviously like if I'm gonna let out this like huge massive burp I don't want it just like wafting in the air so I'm yeah. gonna like blow it away right. <laughs> anyway yeah. so bless her heart she had to overcome living with me <laughs> And now it's to the point where, like, I just don't even think about it. And we've Mm -hmm. been in the pandemic, so I'm only around two other people. I don't have to, like, hold it in or whatever. And then I'll, like, go somewhere. We'll be in the grocery store. And I'll (laughs) let a burp out. And Lindsay will turn around and be like, and I'm like, oh, my God, I'm so sorry. You're like, it's in my mask. It's okay. It's in my mask. (laughs) I'm so sorry. (laughs) It does make it worse. You're like, now I'm going to throw. Now I'm throwing up my mask. Um, yes, it does get trapped. That oh is. Oh my god. Yeah. So I have some questions. Um, unless do you have more to go into? Because I do have some follow up about what you asked, have been talking about so far. Um, I mean, no, that's that's a bulk of it. It's mm-hmm. just kind of been maintenance from here. Like I have, you know, I have mornings where I eat, and I have mornings where I don't. Stress definitely impacts my guts. Um, I noticed that that is probably the biggest root Mm -hmm. of a majority of my gut issues um you know going through a divorce and then I moved across the state and I started a new job and through all of those things there were obviously stressors that were removed and then added and so as I noticed a deflux in my stress my appetite went up and once there was an increase in my stress I noticed it in my guts and so I then started noticing like when I would have a panic attack um obviously like I would start to get the adrenaline shakes which is yeah. kind of panic attack start but then I would instantly feel like dread in my gut mm-hmm. and um so it's just kind of a matter of maintaining it from there now so and then those massive burps that you have like how do you feel after like is mm. your gut feeling good because it's empty of air yeah so it almost feels like if I don't burp like I'm gonna throw up Nice. Okay. Okay. Like there's air trapped under whatever's in my belly. And so it makes me feel like I'm super full, Mm -hmm. Super full, but I'm not, I'm just full of air. And other things, love and sunshine and all those things. (laughs) Bullshit, you know. (laughs) Bullshit. Um, okay. So my questions are a couple of things. One, I'm actually curious now, this is totally my mom, our mom coming out yeah. in me because she likes to diagnose people and pretend like she has a medical degree. Here comes re- people. I know, right? <laughs> but really it's because 
she's had so many medical issues that went undiagnosed that she had to advocate for herself. And yeah. I think that's where Sarah and I have learned, like, nobody's going to take your health seriously except for you. So you have to be the one to advocate. Yeah. And so um, have you thought about uh, acid reflux as your burping problem? So the reason why I ask is I had my upper endoscopy and my um, colonoscopy done at the same time as well. And what they found was permanent damage to my esophagus and my epiglottis is what that flappy thing is called that covers. Okay. So because of the vomiting, the acid, the vomiting, they also asked me if I ever had trouble swallowing sometimes. And I'm like, yeah, like every once in a while, I'll just be like, I can't like, I can't swallow. Like I feel like I can't swallow right now. Mm -hmm. That's acid reflux. And I had no idea because I thought acid reflux was like the burning, you know, feel the burning sensation and you take some Tums, but it actually manifests in a lot of different ways. And then the other thing is the gas that's being created could be air getting in or it could be like a SIBO type thing where the gas is building up because Sarah and I have both been diagnosed with small intestinal bacterial overgrowth, SIBO, Mm -hmm. S-I-B-O. And what your body is doing is basically there's natural bacteria that lives in your intestinal tract that breaks down our food. Well, sometimes bad bacteria can get in there from what we're eating. Um, If you've been on antibiotics a lot as a child or as an adult, um, so I do want to ask you some things about that, then you kill all the bacteria. So then if there's bad bacteria left behind, it lives. So the theory is that the bacteria is taking over your intestinal tract and it's eating your food and it's breaking down and creating all these gases inside of you. And then the gas is trying to escape either through the burps or through the farts. Um, And then for me, that results in liquid diarrhea Mm -hmm. and then like terrible farts and burps and all that stuff. But I'm just curious because it's not something they can diagnose with a um, endoscopy or a colonoscopy it's a different test but what you're describing sounds a lot like that have you ever had any uh, indigestion or acid reflux type stuff oh yeah for sure Um, and my indigestion it's weird because it manifests itself in a way that almost nobody has ever had it manifest but it is pain in the joints in the joint of my shoulders Mm. and it's um Okay, I've never felt a heart attack, but it is the closest thing that I could imagine to like what a heart attack feels like. It's not sharp and it's not dull, but it is fucking crippling. Mm-hmm. Like it just it like it takes your breath away. You can't breathe. Mm-hmm. And it is um alcohol is like the number one to any time I drink. Yeah. I can- Instantly, almost instantly feel it in my shoulders. I pop a Tums and it goes right away. So it's fine. But that's been, if I get like any sort of like acid, anything like that, I feel it in my shoulders. Interesting. That is interesting. And I wonder if that, like, if you go back to the intolerance thing, Mm -hmm. my naturopath, okay, so one of the episodes that we have, we talk about, you know, my naturopath or my woohoo doctor or whatever you want to call her. Because you do have to have an open mind. Like the lady literally took mm-hmm. like blood from my earlobe and like two days later was like, this is what you're intolerant to because I looked at your blood and, you know. Yeah. <laughs> but then I stopped eating that stuff that she told me not to eat and I felt yeah. better. But their whole theory is that a lot of disease and different things are caused by inflammation. Okay. Mm-hmm. And that the number one trigger for inflammation 
is the food we're eating. And if we're eating food that we're intolerant to, and not necessarily allergic, but intolerant, that it causes inflammation in weird ways. And so it, it doesn't surprise me that it would be like joint related. Cause a lot of people mm-hmm. like our mom has rheumatoid arthritis. And mm-hmm. so the joints, like she'll be experiencing something completely not related to her bones or joints in her body. And it's manifesting because her body's inflamed. So yeah. well, interesting. Well, sister has pretty severe gallbladder attacks Oh, Uh, and gallbladder can present itself any which way. But one of the ways that's very common is in your shoulders. Yeah. Have you had, but you haven't had your gallbladder looked at? No. And I've never had like actual like attacks like she has Um, it where hers are like, I mean, like it like like drops her to her knees, like she like can't function, you know. And mine's never been anything like that. But I'd like the world to know that Ashley B is only in the beginning of her thirties, so (laughs) that might be affecting you (laughs) later on down the road. You young ladies, you. I know. (laughs) I'm sorry. You young ladies. (laughs) Oh, I'm so old. (laughs) No, it's just it's interesting because Crohn's disease is a common. Um, again, here I go with my fucking, if anybody wants to give me a medical degree after this, just reach out. Um, oh no, Crohn's disease is a common, um, gut disease, not common. It's a autoimmune disorder of the gut. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Is my understanding, but it affects, affects the gallbladder too. And so it's just interesting. What about your mom? Like, what about the rest of your family? Talk about poop on a regular basis. Oh, yeah. I mean, okay. my, my mom does. Yeah, we do. My dad, bless his heart. He he doesn't really like to, like to talk about bodily functions a ton. So he'll sit there, but he's more so like, you guys, this is the dinner table. Right. <laughs> we're like, well, whatever. We're like, we're just uh, talking about how our food is going to go through our bodies and nourish it. And we're going to digest it and get all the nutrients and then shit it ways, out. Right. Shit it out. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Cycle of life, yo. Um, but no, it's always been kind of a running joke because my sister and I both, we don't like to use public bathrooms. So there would be numerous times where we would literally run into my parents' house, run into the bathroom, not say anything. Five minutes later, run out of the house. And everybody just kind of knew like, oh, Steph had to shit like, yeah. <laughs> or, or whatever. Like we just kind of know that it's a thing. So, yeah. um, my mom's never really had like active gut issues, um, like mental health and depression is more linear in my family than gut issues are. Um, But my sister definitely suffers from them as well. Mm -hmm. Um, But she also has like Bell's palsy, which isn't necessarily a, it's not a, it's not a gut disorder, but it's. Yeah. Sorry, go ahead. Oh, but it, um, it stemmed from an ear infection. Mm -hmm. So it's like, she's just got all sorts of like, weird chaos happening in her body it's interesting because this is like the fourth time this year i've heard about bell's palsy yeah. because katie's boyfriend mickey mm-hmm. had um has had it this happen to him this year like yeah. literally a couple months ago and yeah. all of a sudden he's 17 years old all of a sudden his fucking face is like half of it's not moving like he had a stroke luckily yeah. he's it's come back like he mm-hmm. the nerve got decompressed or whatever but um Brian, Sarah's sister-in-law. Yeah, my sister-in-law uh, had Bell's palsy, and that happened like a year or two ago. Yeah, and she still doesn't. And have... she unfortunately is one of the few that did not recover, and her didn't recover either. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Um, and I should say not fully. Like she. Yeah, you get part of it back, but 
she does like her exercises and things like that nice, to like, good. but she still has a good side and a bad side as far as photos are concerned and things like that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's just it. Yeah, she had a really bad ear infection, and I don't know about Mickey or any, you know if they had any sort of infections or anything. But um, yeah, and then she woke up the next day with Bell's palsy. Yeah, and they think that it was it from inflammation in her inner ear, ear canal. Gotcha. Wow. That's ultimately, what compressed the nerve? That facial nerve. Wow, that's crazy. Interesting. Yeah. Um. So, how do you know when to eat? You had mentioned that you're managing it, but what does that actually look like? Because yeah. you haven't been given any guidance. You've obviously right. done some trials throughout to figure out what you feel better eating, but how are you ensuring you're getting enough calories that you have? not just the calories, but the nutrients in order to function. Cause what we are learning is it's not just about the calories. Like mm-hmm. you could go have that big Mac and get your 2,500, but then you're like, my brain's not functioning right because I'm not getting these micro micronutrients or whatever. Right. Or yeah. And one of the things that I, I think you and I've talked about this is one of the real, one of the biggest detriments for me of like my gut issues is that I get like, fucking crippling leg cramps i'm not Mm -hmm. talking like just a charlie horse like my from my knees to my toes like my bones it it feels like my muscles are gonna twist my shins and my break when you described it to me it was like people that um step on a rusty nail and have tetanus but don't go get a shot it can break your bones your muscles can literally cramp so bad that your bones snap like that's fucked up people number one bodies are cool but anyway sorry (laughs) well and i know the reason why it feels like that is because i have stress fractures in my shins from high school sports so that's why that way but the the oddest thing is once one leg starts to cramp the other will always cramp Mm. always it's weird if one goes the other goes so um I know I'm getting nutrient deficient when I start getting leg cramps um and so usually usually I can keep my leg cramps away if I stay hydrated Um, I'm making it a point to drink water I usually don't get leg cramps as soon um because there's like dehydration leg cramps and then there's like your actual nutrient deficient type of cramps where you need like potassium and magnesium and things like yeah, that. Electrolytes. So mm-hmm. of my way of like filtering through it is like, I have to stay up on my water. Nothing else. If I'm not going to eat, I know I have to drink water. So that's kind of my number one is I always have a water bottle full of water with me at all times everywhere. Um, and then if I know I'm drinking water and I'm still getting leg cramps, then from there I'll look into is it okay, is is it am I able to increase like what I'm eating? So I always, always try to have like a salad, like a leafy green salad of some sort for lunch when I can have lunch. Um and I'll throw as much as I can in it. Uh, cucumbers, olives, avocado, like as much greens as I possibly can. Mm-hmm. Uh, And then I'll just smash as much of that as I can. If it's still, if I'm not like at a place where I can eat, um, then I keep some meal replacement shakes on hand. And um, there's two that I found that I really like um, as far as content because they're, they're meal. I don't necessarily know how to say it's not like a slim fast where it's like a diet shake. They're actually kind of fatty. 
Um, yeah, they're like for um, meal replacements for like older people or people like even people that are going through chemo treatments and stuff like that. It's like dense nutrients packed into. Correct. Yeah. 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 It's so it's very similar to that. So I found one on Amazon and it was like 20 bucks. And I think it's made by the same company that makes like the hair, skin and nails. Um, and that one's OK. I mean, it tastes like a protein shake. It you know, yeah. so, nah. but I written, I don't know, you guys can pull this plug or whatever, but I really, really loved the Shakeology shakes. Oh, and did I, you? Yeah. Um, I, and a couple people that I know that have taken Shakeology the first few days, it like upsets their tummy. If they do like a full dose, I was already sick as shit whenever I started taking it. And yeah. I didn't notice any difference, but You're like I'm used to shitting all day long. Right. So it feels right. normal. <laughs> yeah. I, it, yeah. It didn't seem like it affected me negatively at all. Um, but it was just super dense. I got their cafe latte, um, which was already like a coffee type flavor. And then I just poured my coffee into it. Um, so then it kind of cut out some of the extra like creamer and all that shit yeah. that I didn't need to eat. Um, and so that's kind of my like, pyramid of what I go to so if I like if I really can't eat and it's been like a day or so I'll just make sure that at least once a day I chug a shake if okay. nothing so. so do you have those like on hand like you have a back stock of them just in case yeah so it's just like it's powder mm-hmm. so I mix it with like water so yeah I've got um a tub of the cheap protein just because I wanted to try it and then we've got like a bag of the shakeology that I just keep on hand and then I make milk um instead of water just for the extra like calcium and protein and calories it's a weird concept because it's like normally the things that like people think to cut out when they're dieting are the first things that I think to like add in so a lot of people are always like oh don't eat dairy it's fucking that's what's fucking with you is just the dairy and I'm like no I don't think you understand like dairy is the only way I can get protein and healthy fat like I can't cut out <laughs> yeah, so it's that weird thing where you're intolerant to some stuff, but you measure the level of your intolerant like it's a range, right? Right. I like to eat a very <laughs> a specific yogurt. It's like down to a brand, you know. Yeah. It has three ingredients. It's literally like milk, because it's yogurt, honey, and vanilla. And that's it. And I can eat <laughs> two tablespoons of that in the morning in order to take my hormone pill and drink my coffee and not violently feel ill. But then Paul laughs at me because he's like, you should have a big bowl. I'm like, I don't think you understand. Like I have this down to like almost a science, but he's like, well, why do you eat it? If you know, dairy can upset your stomach. And I'm like this, it's upsets it the least amount out of what I have options available to me. And it's one way that I can get protein and fat really fast into right. my body. And he, it's funny because, like, to your point, people don't think about that if they can eat normally and not experience, like, the debilitating nausea yeah. or the, like, I need to be within five feet of the bathroom at all times kind of situation. Mm-hmm. So, interesting. Um, Two. Do you have um, I would always nine. put butter, like... This is going to sound really gross, but like butter or coconut oil in your coffee. Yeah. It, it sounds really gross, but it's super good. Uh, so I would always, you know, incorporate extra butter into it. But um, yeah, it's the balancing act. It's finding 
what works for you. And I think what's hard about cutting out dairy is really kind of our only alternative if we don't have dairy to things that aren't going to upset our tummy is carbs. Yeah. And carbs are just like it's empty sugar. So it's like, yes, this dairy may upset my tummy a little bit more than the carbs, but it's also going to offer me more substance than a piece of bread will. Right. I'm not getting any protein from bread. I'm not getting like my yogurt has the probiotic, the culture, active cultures, like all of that shit. Like bread is bread. Yeah. Like it's fucking delicious. I love me some bread, but it's bread. <laughs> One last question. Earlier, you mentioned a lot earlier that you felt like um, your gut issues made it so that you really couldn't be an active partner when you were going through the worst of your times. How did that impact you mentally how did you work through it um obviously you've mentioned that you and your ex-wife are not together anymore but um during that time getting into that headspace how did you work through that um i'll i'll be honest i didn't um and that it probably is a, a big reason as to why you know one of the contributors as to why my marriage failed um, is because you and this plays into like a lot of like the mental segment as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but when you struggle and battle with depression and anxiety, you already don't necessarily feel super worthy. And I have had this un, un I don't want to say unnecessary, but it basically is like an expectation that I've put upon myself that I need to constantly prove to everybody my worth and yeah. that I'm worthy of being in their life and that they want to have me around. And so when I'm sick and I'm not able to do that, I'm not able to fulfill my own expectation of myself that I feel like is an expectation of everyone else. Um, And so you just kind of start to feel like a failure Mm -hmm. and I'm not I'm not doing what I'm supposed to do. I'm not able to be the person that my partner needs me to be. I'm not this happy, cheerful person. I know that I'm bringing them down. I know that this is impacting them. I don't want to impact them. I, you know, and then they are supportive on top of it. And so then you're like, I, I, like, I, I want you to be supportive, but I don't want you to have to be going through this. Like, right. yeah. So it's this constant like push and pull and push and pull. And I am not good at accepting help. Mm-hmm. So. That was also like, I need it and I want it, but I almost made her fight to help me. Yeah. Um, And that wasn't fair. Like, but it was because I didn't know how to receive the help because I've always been so self-sufficient. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for um, talking to us about your gut issues. Thank you, adventurers, for joining us today. We hope this helped you find tips and tricks to loot the booty. Find us on natonelife.com and check us out on social media, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter to follow us more on our day-to-day. May your poop be regular and bubbles minimal. Stay Stay sassy sassy and gassy. gassy. Till Till next next time. time. Nice. Work all day at make no pay and debt is mounting every day and that one